0: that you definitely didn't ask to be invited on. In the hopes that you too would like to be average, average girls, average and only,
1: yeah. average and only, yeah. yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome back to our podcast. <laughs> Haley is making fun of me,
0: but she can't do an intro to do save them. her life. I, listen, I don't I think the intro's shouldn't be done. I think we should just start jumping directly into things.
1: Okay. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good.
0: Good. It's it's,
1: uh, halfway through the week, so... We're surviving. Feeling good. Surviving.
0: Thriving, dare I say. I'm thriving. Yeah? Yeah. Maddie came into my house, and I'm wearing a hoodie and leggings that I've been wearing for two days, and she came in wearing a full-on business outfit and heels, so (laughs) it's a metaphor. Things are going... For you. There For go. me, yeah. All know. right. You either wake up as a Haley or you wake up as Maddie. and You know what, though? Sometimes we switch. Sometimes we do switch, but yeah. rarely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, hot take. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't really know either. Okay. This hot take is something, I guess, that I'm more so just curious about. Dear God. So... What I'm gonna ask, and I'll answer to like we okay. normally do, but um describe your ideal date. Date. Yeah.
0: Like you're going on a date. Ooh. Not necessarily I guess like a first date. Okay. Is it somebody that I that I'm like I know or is it somebody that I'm just meeting? Ooh, is there a difference between somebody yes. that Okay. So do both. Oh, I don't know how they're different. I just know that they're different. <laughs> so one, you don't know okay, them at all. Okay.
1: If I – One, you, you like ran in the same circle.
0: Okay. If we ran in the same circle and they know me, then I would probably want to do something more fun. I don't know. Like I wouldn't want to do something corny with someone I just met. Like I don't want to go mini golfing with someone I just met or like <laughs> – I don't want to go
1: mini golfing at all.
0: Oh, really? I love mini golfing. I mean – yeah, no, I I don't think I want to go mini golf. I mean, it's not my first pick. If it's pick.
1: Top Golf, that's different.
0: Top Golf is fun. I would do Top Golf. That would be like a solid option. But also, I okay, this is the first thing I think of whenever I think of a date. Which I don't know if this makes me twelve years old. Probably. I want to go. To, I want to go to a nice, not like a nice dinner, but like a solid dinner. Sure. And then I want to go to an arcade. Okay. I want to go to Family Fun Center and I want to beat your ass in some skee ball. Oh, okay. It's, it's really the dream, but I wouldn't want to do it with anybody. Like I, it's not a first date when you don't know somebody. Sorry. So know. you so you're Well, saying, no, I guess that one could be either because if you're
1: like. I feel like what you're saying is you need something more like sit down, casual conversation mm-hmm. with somebody that you don't really know. Yeah. And then you can go to something like Top Golf or go to a movie or whatever with someone that you do know, because you don't have yes. to facilitate a lot of conversation.
0: Yes. Is that right? Yes, probably. Okay. But I also feel like a like a movie date works across the board. A drive-in date works across the board. Yeah. Probably because – I don't know what you're saying, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, but I totally agree. I don't know agree. if there's a
1: really big difference in what you're saying.
0: <laughs> of the difference between a blind date versus a date with someone that you Not know? Not a blind date. Well, okay, like someone that you because don't really know. Because you're
1: saying like – A drive-in works across the board. With that, it works with either. But that doesn't facilitate any conversation, which is what you said the difference would be.
0: Well, okay. I would want to do both. Like, if it's someone that I'm just starting to meet, I would want to, like, hang out, meet them a little bit, talk, then go. Okay. Well, you didn't clarify that before. Okay. Well, now I'm clarifying. So, Also, why are you getting so many phone calls right now? Miss popularity. I'm sorry. Wow, she's popular and well-dressed. Too bad she's not single. Sorry, fellas. Just me, and it, this is a podcast, so like well, no one
1: can see anything. I could be in like. The but ugly you could style. look like
0: me. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I just described oh, your outfit. But doesn't my skin look good today?
1: Your skin always looks good. No,
0: but I got a new. I, toner. You know
1: what I figured out? I just hype you up all the time on these podcasts. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Keep your going. Bone structure. I chef kissed you in the last.
0: You month. did, and that was actually probably my favorite part.
1: Okay, I wonder why. <laughs> um, my ideal date. Not that you asked, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. We're getting there. (laughs) Hold on. My ideal date is either like a beach day, good music. We're playing a little volleyball. We're throwing the ball. We're getting in the water. Okay, solid. Like I'm not just laying there for five hours. Like I'm in the water. Right. But is it just you and him? Yeah. That's like like an ideal day. That's dope to me. Okay. Because it's like quality time, but we're not like entertaining each other. Okay. And then we would like go home. Shower, get ready, and then like grab dinner downtown.
0: I like that. And That's then, a solid day. And That's then, a really solid like, day.
1: Then you just crash at the house, get in cozy clothes, and you like pop in some cookies and watch a movie that you've been like waiting to see. Ooh, or like that feels like can, a good day. Or you continue the show that you've already been watching. Oh. Which like I'm obviously in a relationship, so like we just yeah. pick <laughs> up pick up where we left off on a show that we're like looking forward to. But
0: hmm.
2: it doesn't
1: really work to like pick up in the middle of a show if you. Going on like a first
0: date, like so, are we gonna watch our show that we definitely have <laughs> yeah, exactly. like,
1: um Okay, I'm <laughs> but yeah, that's ideal. Or I'm not really like a super fancy date person.
0: Can ever. you just can you give like a, a brief version of the expensive date that Corey took you on that you guys were very confused about, or will he get yeah. embarrassed about? That? No, no, no. We'll okay. go. No, he'll tell
1: anybody, and it's, it's so, so funny. funny. For Valentine's Day, we decided to treat ourselves because we never go on fancy dates. That's just not really what no, we like. Like no. getting super dressed up and going out doesn't sound as fun as like hanging out at the house. And yeah. like, I don't know, whatever. So we're like, why not? Let's just do it. He's like, I got reservations at this restaurant <laughs> oh, in Tampa. Poor Corey. <laughs> it's overlooking the water. We already looked up the menu. We knew exactly what we were gonna order. Um and then we get there and it's gorgeous. And we're walking in, and we're like, oh my gosh, like
0: we never do this. It's crazy. Cause you have to know Corey. Corey could survive off of just not could. He does. He's his, do- okay. his main food okay.
1: groups are um cheeseburgers, uh-huh. um, uh Taco Bell, uh-huh. <laughs> the whole menu, um, and pizza. Yeah, mostly pizza, but that is his.
0: Those are his three main food groups. Corey cannot remember the last time he ate a vegetable, and he says it like he's proud of it. Yeah, (laughs) no, and that was a serious question that I asked him, and he legitimately cannot remember. (laughs) Okay, so she took this guy out for a fancy date. So we he planned this. Okay, okay.
1: So we get seated, and they give us the menu and tell us to take a look at it for a second. So we're looking at the menu, and I'm like, babe, where's the rest of this menu at? And he looks at me and he was like, what do you mean? And he like tries to flip the page over and there's no second page. It's just one page of a menu. Okay. And it's like decked out in hearts and stuff. I'm like, babe, I think this is a select menu for Valentine's Day only. And so <laughs> I was like, do not look at the bottom of the page. Do not look at the price. <laughs> and he likes at the bottom of the page and we just like lock eyes and start dying laughing. And we're like, What? In the actual world is going on and then we're like okay do I go to the bathroom and then you go to the bathroom and we meet at the car
0: <laughs> or do we ask this guy to split one meal <laughs> and it's our valentine's day course but only she's eating something because I can't afford it we look down and it's
1: a person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny because it's you guys because Corey would have been – you guys both would have been fine with a happy meal. Like it's not – I actually told him midway through dinner that I, on the car ride to Tampa,
1: I was daydreaming of sharing a pizza while watching a movie. And like I low-key wished we would have just done that. And he was
0: like, really?
1: Oh, I was trying to make this special. But you guys just wanted to switch it up a little. I know. He's like, I was trying to make this special for you. like. Oh, so the waiter comes back, and he was like, hey, I just got a quick question. Like, is this $80 per couple, or is this $85 per person? And he was like, oh, that's per person. (laughs) And then we're like, you know what? Like, we're here. We're all the way out here. Let's just do the dang thing. Let's ball out. We never do. Yeah, that's true. So... I was like, I'll get, like, whatever you don't get. Like, I'll cover Uh whatever balance you don't get. And so we end up ordering the most delicious meal of our life. Like, we both got filet mignon. It was, like, melting your mouth. If you're balling out. He ate some veggies that night, which honestly might be the last last
0: time. time. Yeah, he did. Corey. That was it. And
1: it was the best meal I've ever had. He was, like – Thank God that we've been dating for three years. Mm -hmm. Because if this would have happened to us within the first year even, I would have been so embarrassed. I would have, like, gone to the bathroom and, like, called my dad and told him to, like, put money in my bank account. Right, yeah. But he's like, it doesn't matter. Like, we both cover each other all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So
0: it was just so funny because we were so caught off guard. I just – I'm just imagining you two – my favorite thing about the story is imagining you two – in a fancy restaurant, dressed up really nice, just knowing you two, and then you guys just hysterically laughing at, like, how out of place you are in this room. Yes, and people were, like,
1: sizing us up. They were looking us up and down because they knew what kind of restaurant we were at, and we didn't, and I was like, my shoes are from Target. Yeah, but sometimes Target shoes are expensive. I know. I'm just saying, like, the people next to me I'm were wearing, out, like, yeah. red bottoms.
0: Mm, see, and like, like, here's the thing. I don't know what those are. Oh, okay.
1: And so so like, that – I obviously don't belong there either. You could just tell their outfits were like expensive. Yeah. And I was wearing like a $12 dress and heels from Target. Uh, you know what I mean? And yeah. Corey was wearing like a nice button up and he was, he looked so good. But yeah. like, I mean, people who are rich can tell when the material what, yeah. of all of your clothing <laughs> and your shoes are good or not. No. Our bill came out to be ten dollars
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. And we called his parents as soon as we got in the car and like told, the, he tells the story way better than I do. And we were like telling his parents, and they were busting up laughing so hard because I think anyone who knows us, yeah. like you were
0: saying, like just knows yes. how bizarre. Honestly, it's a situation you guys would get yourselves into. It, yeah. yeah, it was funny though. All right, so we're gonna switch gears from a very light-hearted story to our murder m- yes oh, what were you? i was gonna say it's our most requested
1: murder yes podcast. we've
0: gotten quite a few requests for this one we're gonna talk about the murder of john benet ramsey also i maddie has no idea anything about john benet ramsey even though i thought everybody knew who john benet Ramsey yeah was. i brought
1: it up today at work and some of my coworkers were like oh yeah i know who that is like you don't know anything about them? And I was like, no, I've never heard of them until you brought it up. We also talked about it last
0: week, and Maddie said, yeah, we can do that one murder of that guy you were talking about. <laughs> JonBenet Ramsey is a six-year-old girl. <laughs> so.
1: But you wouldn't – if you never heard that and yeah. you heard the name JonBenet Ramsey, you would not think it's a little girl. Well, yeah.
0: So her name is JonBenet, J-O-N, capital B. Actually, I don't know if it's capital yeah. But it's I all one word. Yes, Jean, Jean Benet is the first name. It's a very bougie name, but I think it fits into the rest of the story. Bougie. You don't understand. Yeah, it's like French. Jean Benet. Oh, I feel like it's Southern. Really? Uh, I guess I'm also might be biased only because I know that it's not. Oh, okay. But, okay. So basically, I got all this from an ID documentary. Well, okay. Actually, that's a lie because I've gotten this from like 10 different sources. There's a lot happening. But this is another one of the cases that I am determined to solve before I die, and I know I won't, but it eats me alive a little bit. Here's a picture of JonBenet. I showed you this picture earlier. This is her. She's a little pageant She's queen. She's super cute. She's super cute. She looks like a like a Gerber baby, like, but like older. A, a Gerber, Gerber baby? A Gerber child. A Gerber kid. That's not where my mind goes. Like, no, but she just looks like- She
1: looks like a little- Polly Pocket.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Why does she look like Polly Pocket?
1: Yeah. That's
0: terrifying. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so then this is a picture of her family. These will be on our Instagram, too. Oh,
1: cute. Yeah, so
0: they're like, you know, like your your typical All-American family, okay? Sure. So. They
1: look normal.
0: You would think. It's December 26th, 1996 in Boulder, Colorado. A frantic 911 call comes in from Patsy Ramsey, who is the mother of JonBenet, who's six, and Burke, who's nine. And then obviously her husband is John Ramsey, who we'll talk about. But um, she is frantic and freaking out because her six-year-old daughter is missing and she found a ransom note. So I'm going to play you the video. So this comes in at 5.52 a.m.
2: And don't it's I don't know. I don't know. So I old is she I do old I don't know. I How not do I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. know. It's a ransom note. This is F-B-T-C. Victory. Please. Okay, what's your name? Are you an alien? Are you a robber? Oh my God! Please. Okay, can okay. yeah. oh, I not be found? Please. Do you know I'm feeling right now? Please, we just got out of right here. Oh my
0: God! Please. Okay, I'll be right Emily. Okay. So then the rest of that is basically her just saying oh please, my and then it goes quiet.
1: Oh uh, why do people wanna be I mean I know someone has to do it, but why do people want to be a nine one one operator? Yeah. Like I would I wake know. up in the middle of the night hearing those words. Oh like probably. frantic moms. Yeah. I know it's really sad. That's like A little bit traumatizing.
0: We are gonna go through a we'll get to it at some point in analysis of the 911 call and the parts that make sense. Ooh, okay. I know. Okay, so the only clue that they have basically about this missing girl is the ransom note. So I don't have the whole full ransom note. I've read through it, but basically the important what you need to know about it is they say we are a small foreign faction. We want one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. We're going to call from eight to ten a.m. and talk about how we want to get the money. We will behead your daughter if you tell the FBI. So there's a lot of random things, but again, we're going to get into the note in a second about why that's weird. It's also two and a half pages long, and it's written on a notepad. What? Right. Is
1: that like technically
0: categorized as a ransom note? It is, but normally they're just not long.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like that's it's a like, letter get to the point. Yeah.
0: No. And you usually don't. I necessarily identify yourself and why would you tell someone you're a small foreign faction like what first of all what is that <laughs> second of all what is that you know okay basically the police are immediately called the obviously we heard the 911 call the the police are dispatched to the house now here's the thing they're in Boulder Colorado this isn't a normal situation this usually doesn't happen there the police park out front in their marked cars just and just walk inside so if there's somebody watching this house quote unquote, the, the kidnappers and who said they're going to be head your daughter okay you just screwed up everything at least go in an undercover car right go out back like yeah, find, you point. know it doesn't make any sense so um and they basically say that this was just due to inexperience and big profile cases they didn't know that it was going to be the john ramsey case that ended up being like the one of the biggest unsolved murders ever yeah so um Basically, the police come in, and with the family, they search the entire house. So basically, we're going to get more into this too, but John and Patsy have money, money. Money. They got lots of money. So they have, like, a million-dollar home. Um, John's a really successful businessman, and so their house is massive. Mm. And it's really pretty. It's, like, one of those, like, Tudor houses, and it's, like, in Colorado. So it's just, like, really pretty, and it's Christmassy and, like, decked out. It just looks really nice. So they are searching through, like, every nook and cranny that they can find, but they're also using the family to, like, look through the house. Um, And they can't really find a crime scene, so to speak. So everybody's trying to look for anything that's out of place. So John and Patsy are known in the area as really good parents. They are kind of like the – they're, like, local royalty. Like, everybody knows who they are and knows them as good parents, good people. So the police sit down with the Ramseys after they can't find any evidence of anything besides the note set them down, have them retrace their steps of the previous day, which was Christmas. So they said that they opened presents early that morning, and then around 4 o'clock, 4.30, they go to their family friend's house. It's the White's. So the White's house is where they had Christmas dinner. It's like all their family friends go. They um, hang out do that. Then they go home at around 9.30. On the drive home, Burke, the nine-year-old, um, is awake. He just goes right up to bed. And jean Bonnet falls asleep in the car, so John carries her up to bed um he puts her down in bed he says that's the last time that he saw her
1: john and john
0: benet oh yeah john ramsey and Jean benet yeah i don't know he says that nothing was out of the ordinary just put her down to bed that was that so patsy wakes up at 5 a.m she goes downstairs to make coffee now they have two staircases in their house There's, like, the main stairwell that's right out front, and then there's, like, the back one. that I imagine that that's a Raven house when I imagine it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, like, it's that back (laughs) stairway. Yeah. But it's, like, a spiral staircase. So she comes down that way because it's closest to her bedroom to go down and make coffee, and she finds on the steps that lead to the kitchen that there's that hand-scrawled note that's on that back staircase. Weird. Yeah. Random. Yeah, really random. So she starts screaming for John to go check on the kids. John wakes up, runs to Burke's room first. Wait, so she read the full
1: two pages? and then Well, she
0: realized, reading. I don't think she read the full two pages. I think she's reading it and she's like, oh my God, something's really wrong. And so he jumps up, runs to Burke's room. Burke is asleep, oh goes my into JonBenet's room, and I she hate isn't these there. these
1: because I just discover my new biggest fears every week
0: what that now that's gonna happen to your kid
1: i just like being a mom and knowing something's terribly wrong and then just fearing for your children that you're supposed to protect yeah and like i mean she could have killed her yeah i don't, I don't know that yeah but, but in if, that situation but, but if, if she, she didn't,
0: didn't mm-hmm. and something happened which happens to people it's true that's uh, yeah. and i think it would always drive me crazy that like if i would have just been awake at 3 a.m i could have like this would have this wouldn't have happened and that was only two hours ago. So, Patsy makes that 911 call, and then right afterwards, she calls some friends to come over and tells them what's going on so they can come console her. Um, so basically, whenever the cops are there, the whole living room is full of people waiting for this ransom call to come in so that they can answer and, like, come up with an arrangement. So 8 o'clock comes around, and then 9 o'clock, and then 10 o'clock, and no call ever comes in. So people start wondering, are there kidnappers watching the house? That... Right. Have, that are noticing the parked cars and they're not going to call and have their phone traced. Right. Some of the police leave the house, uh, but there is one officer that stays. So John Ramsey is really anxious, obviously. He's pacing the house, really quiet, but is like just can't seem to sit down, which makes sense. So the officer tells him, just to keep him busy, that he needs to look through the whole house from top to bottom to see if there's anything that's out of the ordinary that the police wouldn't have noticed, like if there's – Like if, I don't know, if he's like, oh, that wasn't there last night whenever we went to bed. Obviously the police officers wouldn't know that, but he would. Mm -hmm. So he has his friend Fleet White over, the guy whose house he was at the night before. And so they start walking around and trying to find anything out of place. That's whenever John Ramsey walks downstairs into his basement for the first time. He wasn't the one that checked it last time. He goes down there and there's like a wine cellar down there, if that tells you anything about how rich they are. And that's where he walks in, turns on the light, and finds the body of his six year old daughter, Jean Benet, downstairs. Oh my God. John finds duct tape around her mouth. Her head oh has been God. bashed in. She's wrapped in a white blanket. She has a cord tied around her wrists and a cord tied around her neck. Oh my gosh, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. So John Ramsey picks her up, um, kind of like in a panic, rips the duct tape off of her mouth, and then realizes that she's ice cold rushes her body upstairs in a panic. Um, and so as he comes up, everybody starts to realize something's going on. There's a whole living room full of people. They all come in. And Patsy runs and collapses onto JonBenet's body. And she's screaming and she's crying. And they have a like a priest there. I think it was a priest or a pastor. And she's like screaming at him, like telling him, like, you need to pray that she raises like Lazarus, like crying and crying and crying. Like it's a huge Scene. Okay. But the police noticed that um, John and Patsy aren't looking at each other. They aren't talking. He's not crying over her body. He's obviously in shock. Like, try, like he just found her body. You don't know how you're going to respond to something like that. Yeah. It wasn't that. It's the fact that they aren't like touching each other or consoling each other. And the police are like, "I've ne- that's just as weird. We'd never see. Like, if parents find out that their kid died in any fashion, you're going to be like... Freaking out together. Yeah, freaking out together. But they were looking like they couldn't even look at each other. mm now, the next question is why wasn't the body found until 1 p.m.? Seems fishy. Um, they think that part of it might be because Fleet White was the one who went down into the basement earlier and he says he didn't go all the way into the wine cellar, which is weird to me because there was a bunch of cops there. Like the search should have been way more extensive than it was and it wasn't. So apparently, Fleet White says he looked in the wine cellar, but that they think it was like it's like a really dark part of the cellar. The picture is kind of weird, but. John Ramsey would have known where the light switch was, but Fleet didn't know where it was because it's in, like, a weird place. Mm -hmm. And so apparently John went in and turned on the light, but Fleet White didn't. And he, like, his eyes were adjusting. It was really dark. And he was like, okay, I don't need to check in here. She's not going to be back here. And didn't look. I mean, weird. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, if a little girl's missing and you guys are just sitting around, like, waiting for this ransom call, like, you wouldn't think, like, let's check every single corner. I mean, I guess you wouldn't think she'd be in there, but.
1: And you just don't know, though. Yeah.
0: Um, I so, check everything, like, right. you would thoroughly. Th- I know, thoroughly. you would think. But then I guess maybe you, you're also afraid that you don't want to contaminate anything, but I don't know. Speaking of crime scene being contaminated, obviously her body is completely contaminated now because John just carried her up the steps. Um, and he tore off the duct tape. Anything that would have been on that is gone. But Ugh. then the police go down to the crime scene and they start looking around and, like, completely contaminate everything down there, too. So it wasn't just the Ramses It was also the police that messed everything up. So the police are searching the basement for more clues and they find what's called a garotte. Never heard of it, but apparently it's used to tighten cords. If someone's tied up, it's basically a homemade one. And so someone made it out of the bottom end of a paintbrush and then you like tied a cord around it and it helps you like increase the tension. Oh yeah. Like someone who knows what they're doing. Kind of. Yes. Like, Potentially, it just it's very graphic. It seems like it was a little bit more meticulous than like, well, an accident.
1: Well, and like, it seems if you need more tension on the rope, it's like you really don't want
0: this person getting out. But they're not a
1: full grown adult. Like it's a six year old. Yeah, it's like a little thing around their wrists and they're not going anywhere. Just unnecessary. Um,
0: I don't know. It grosses me out. So basically the Ramses immediately are like there was an intruder we had nothing to do with this and but the thing is there's no signs of a break in there's also no sign of a struggle in Bonnet's room at all. It looks like she just got out of bed and came downstairs. So immediately they're wondering what the deal might be with John and Patsy because why who would she get out of bed for? That like you would think if your parents want you to get out of bed you're getting in bed for them, but if there's a random man in your house unless he like has a gun to your head. Even then though like you'd think a little kid would scream. Like she just seemed like she just got up um, so now the police are swarming the house. That's another police that are in the house. Over here, John on the phone making business travel arrangements an hour after his daughter has been murdered. What? Yeah. So they're like, okay, hold up. Something sketchy. The police want to do a formal interview with the parents, but their thing is, we you need to do it separately. And they're saying, no way. We're only going to do a thing with police if we're together.
1: Weird. Now really you weird. want to be together. Right.
0: Uh, and so everyone's like, okay, because they want to get their story straight and make sure that they don't contradict each other. Yeah. The cops reject that. They're like, no, we're not doing that. Good. They want to also have a child psychologist interview with the son, Burke, to see if he knows anything, mm. uh, and they won't allow it originally. They're like, no, we don't want him interviewed at all, but then eventually he is interviewed. I don't know how that happened. No, like Nothing I could find even talked about that, so I don't know the validity of them saying no because there is, there's a video of him being interviewed by a child psychologist. Oh. So it's bizarre. Basically, the footage, I watched it. The woman asks him, what do you think happened to your sister? He said, I know what happened to my sister. She was killed. She said, how do you think that happened? And he said, I think that someone took her very quietly and took her down to the basement. And he took a knife out and he whooped her with that, probably a hammer, and hit her with it. What?
1: Yeah. Very interesting response from how old is he?
0: He's nine. It's too detailed. Right. And it's like, even why would you know that? You know, like, yeah. I guess that there's only so much that you can, sh- like, shield a kid from in, like, a very high-profile case. But at the same time, you shouldn't know how you're – Very quietly took her downstairs yeah. and whacked her with a what? Like, did his parents tell him that? Or, like, yeah. is that – I don't know. It's weird.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But it isn't anything definitive. Then this is around the time, like, days after is when people start to hear about this whole case – And JonBenet is immediately like a media superstar all over everything because she's like this beautiful little blonde baby girl like everybody wants to know what's going on with that. So there's also a ton of footage of her in beauty pageants um, because she's like a big beauty pageant star apparently. There's all these extravagant costumes and makeup. And people are saying that she looks like a baby dressed up as an adult. And so some people are like, those are not outfits that a six-year-old should be wearing.
1: Isn't that like a common thing that pageant parents get like flack for? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You're over. It's like risque. Yeah. You're mm-hmm.
1: overexposing them to like an adult world of comparison right. Right. and
0: like show. Right. Yeah. And, and presentation. Kind and- of, yes. Well, JonBenét really loved it apparently. But she started it whenever she was four and people were really critical of Patsy because she was also a beauty queen. So people were like, oh, you're trying to live vicariously through her. Yeah. She was in Miss America and she was Miss West Virginia at one point. So it's kind of like, it yeah. seems a little suspect. You know, but not necessarily. I don't think, and I was looking at the outfits, the outfits didn't seem that. Yeah, I just know that that's a big
1: reason why pageant moms get crap Mm -hmm. is for like adultifying their children. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that is problematic in itself, but also I think it was ignorant for the time they didn't know any better, and I get it, but I also think there's a lot of predators out there that like feed off of, yeah, especially like a little girl looking like an adult. That's like a dream for a pedophile. You know what I mean? It just is, I know, it's disgusting. But now that there's pictures of her everywhere, everyone's like, okay, there must have been somebody that was like completely fascinated by her and stalked them and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, which does come into play later. Huh. So, uh, a judge and costume designer for John Bonet speaks in the documentary that I watched, and she said that John Bonet was basically four going on 18. She was very mature and like funny and like a really bubbly kid. Aww. She said that she was smart. She was, she was a really fast so learner. Good at her I know. Pageants. Well, she said she loved doing pageants and she was really like, she liked to sing and dance and she was like a performer everywhere mm-hmm. she went. And she wasn't like a obnoxious, like always needed attention, but she just was very like charismatic for a six year old. You know, Mm. I know she's cute after this, it's been like a week or so. John and Patsy give their first interview. Patsy looks high as a kite. If you watch the interview, it's like insane how much Xanax they have this woman on, which I listen. If my kid just got murdered, whether I, if I did it or not, I'm going to be high as a kite. There's no freaking way. I want to be, like, what? not even there. No. If you – okay, you didn't kill your kid. Someone else did. You probably need to be hyped up on so much medicine to be able to function like a person. Uh, you just saw your your daughter's murdered body.
1: I don't know. If, I don't know. I wouldn't hype myself up on anything, but not sure like sure that hyped would make up. me feel better. Yes. No, I
0: think – and especially – you're about to go on live TV – and, like, make a statement and, like, I, But days. if I'm about
1: to go on TV about my murdered child, I think the last thing I would do is take drugs.
0: Yeah, but she's probably, like, I'm near panic attack on a regular day. She probably needs something to not freak out. Yeah, I guess. And you're a suspect.
1: Well, I guess if she did it, she would need something to calm her down. Right,
0: that's true. To seem like she probably would think it would make her
1: seem less suspicious. I guess. Right, but also if you didn't do it, or if you did do it, I would want to be in full control of my reaction, mm-hmm. not high as a kite. I don't know. Could like
0: two sides to the. But coin. you also might feel out of control if you exactly. don't take it. So it's basically a catch twenty-two. Yeah. Okay, so they apparently appear too controlled, and the public doesn't buy it. And it doesn't look great that they are talking to the media and doing interviews, but they supposedly won't talk to police. Now, that's disputed, though, because the Ramseys say that they were always willing to talk to the police and that that's not true, but they just had a really difficult relationship with the police. So uh, no one really knows what's true there, whether the police are lying and saying that they wouldn't talk to them or what. Uh, The police seem to have already made up their mind about the Ramseys. The police chief who's leading the investigation is quoted as saying to the other officers, if the DA would just let me arrest Patsy for anything – I know that getting her in a jail cell would break her and she would confess to everything, which is terrible detective work because you can't just come up with a conclusion and then just, like, hope that you find evidence to come up with a conclusion. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. So basically no one is following the evidence. They're following John and Patsy, and so that ends up getting in the way of the investigation Yikes. completely. Whether or not they did it, which I keep saying we're going to get to that, but we really are going to get to that. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of information here. So evidence from the autopsy. Oh. Okay. JonBenet was hit in the head with a heavy object, which caused brain swelling, but she was still alive at that point. Then she strangled, which is her cause of death, and she's also very, very intensely strangled because they use that garrote on her neck, and so it's pulled super, super tight. Oh, my God. I know. Isn't it terrible? The thing is, a lot of people, whenever they end up pointing to Patsy for a lot of the murder, mm-hmm. I don't think Patsy would have known how to do that, to, like, make a garrote. And, like, I got – I mean, I wouldn't know how to do that. She worked in computers, yeah. Girlfriend does not know. It just feels like a lot. So that happens. The autopsy also finds scrapes all over her back and all over her legs. Oh my god! Uh, there's also scrapes and bruises, that, bruises that are indicative of sexual assault. They find a genital abrasion, but the evidence is inconclusive. Some of it looks like it could have been from previous. Like it looks like she may have been abused. abused. Oh. Right. Which immediately everybody looks t- to John in general just because he's already sketchy and now there's this. So uh, they thought they had found semen in her underwear, but they found two spots of blood in her oh underwear. One of the spots of blood had DNA that excluded parents and the victim. So they don't know what? whose DNA that is. The blood? Yes. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Gross. Which I think is one of the most compelling parts of the whole thing that makes me think a lot of the other evidence points to the parents, but that does not make any sense. There is a specialist there who comes in and insists that the flashlight found in the Ramsey house was the weapon used for the head injury, but the Ramsey say that they had never seen that flashlight before. They don't know whose that is. Whether or not that's true, no one knows. JonBenet, here's something really interesting. She has remnants of pineapple in her stomach that was undigested, so she must have eaten it just before she died. Pineapple. Mm-hmm. So investigators say that they remember the day of the, well, of the murder, of the kidnapping, whatever. When they were looking through the house, there was a bowl of pineapple in the kitchen. So, so she just, that was the last thing she ate. Mm-hmm. But her parents say they didn't feed it to her and that she had gone straight to bed. She was asleep in Why the car. Why pineapple? Well, apparently that was, JonBenet loved fruit. Apparently that was her favorite. So, but here's the so thing. This
1: person knew her.
0: Well, okay, it had to have because she liked her fruit with milk, like mixed in with milk. And so okay. it was like pineapple in a bowl of milk. So then people are wondering, was she did she wake up in the middle of the night and go down and make herself a bowl of fruit with milk? But she said have done
1: that at six years old. Maybe. I might have too. I was fearless when I right. was. Right.
0: So people are wondering old. if that is it. Or if her parents had something to do with it and she, you know, yeah, they would have given that to her. And but they'd also just left a Christmas party. So it's like you're probably full Not and you have hungry. full you're full of Christmas cookies. Like you're real like, I don't know. And they got home past her bedtime. I don't know. It just feels like a weird thing for her parents to just give her. So then people are wondering, was she lured downstairs of like, come down, we're gonna have some pineapple. And but pineapple and milk, it had to be someone that knew her. It has to. That's the most random right. food. Are there are fingerprints that are found on the bowl. The fingerprints belong to Patsy and to Burke. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was wiped clean of fingerprints. There's fingerprints on it. It just happens to belong to Patsy and Burke. But the thing is, they also live there. So it's not crazy to find fingerprints. And it was still around whenever investigators were there, even in the morning, if they, like, walked by and put their hand on the bowl or something. Yeah, there's a lot of variables to everything. Right. Right. She also is wrapped in a blanket. The perpetrator – that basically is a sign that the perpetrator is probably intimate about the person. So it's either a family member or someone who's obsessed with her. Yeah. Because if you're going to kill someone and then put a blanket over them so that you don't have to see it or as like some sort of sign that you care or that you want to weird
1: that that's translated yeah. through random little things like that? Yeah.
0: Ew. Super weird. So they also found two small injuries that are similar in size on her back that are like equal distance apart. They match a stun gun electrode. What the heck? I know, right? This poor six-year-old baby. I know. She's so cute. Um, so people are wondering, could an intruder have come in, used the stun gun to bring her downstairs, tried to calm her down with pineapple, you know, okay, here's one of your favorite things to get her more, and that's why her room's undisturbed. I don't I don't know. No. So now we have to talk about the ransom note. Okay. So the ransom note is found on the back stairway, and again, it's on the back stairway. If you're just a random person who doesn't know this family – you would put it on the front stairs.
1: Yeah, you don't... Because it seems like they know that the parents are going to come down that Mm -hmm.
0: way. Or it was the Ramsey's acting on autopilot whenever they staged it. Right. And just put it there. People are so dumb. I know. Also, the ransom note was written from a notepad in the Ramsey house. So they got there and, like, took time to... To write a a two-and-a-half-page-long ransom note. And the pen was used from the house, too.
1: I mean, these people aren't even trying to cover it.
0: Then... It also asks for a strange amount of money, $118,000. A, it's considered a small amount for a ransom note, considering these people are multimillionaires. And specific. Very specific. It turns out John had just received a $118,000 bonus that year from work. Who would know that? Patsy. Oh. Or or someone who has a link to the Ramseys, someone that worked with him, a powerful businessman type of guy.
1: Their friends that they went
0: right. over to the house
1: yeah. The night
0: before. Um, And also they think that the note was written after the homicide and was staged by the kidnappers or killers, whoever it was, to throw people off. A handwriting expert um, basically went in and said that there's over 200 similarities in the note to Patsy's handwriting. Whoa. But she says that she scored a 4.5 out of 5 on a handwriting analysis that says it's definitely not her. If you look at them side by side, I'll put them on our Instagram, they look – kind of similar but also if
1: you know that you're getting tested to see if
0: your handwriting similar to a ransom note aren't you going to change your handwriting well that's what they said and they said that it looked like the first page of it was very slow and calculated like someone was trying to change their handwriting and it got like looser and looser as it went on so there's like there's more concentrated compare it
1: to a, a different handwritten note that would more than likely be at the house somewhere
0: i don't know maybe I don't know if they did. They probably did. I'm assuming. Put me on the case. I'm assuming, as a handwriting expert, you probably do have to do that if that's like your whole job. Yeah, I yes, think that's true. So, um, so then there's theories of why would they kill her? Like that doesn't make any sense. They have this idyllic life. What would make you think that they would try to kill their six-year-old kid? So apparently, bedwetting had become a really big problem for John Bonet, and it pissed Patsy off. She was really frustrated about the fact that. Her kid keeps wetting the bed. And they find that out through interviewing friends, not even from the Ramseys themselves. But she had just started at age six. So it wasn't like a, obviously a potty training issue because she's six years old, which and is – just
1: like get over it.
0: Well, yeah, like that your kid is that, – yeah, That's the one
1: thing that pisses you off the most.
0: Right. Like, well, yeah. also it could be a sign of sexual abuse if your kid starts bedwetting yes. randomly. Okay, or true. it could be a signal of depression or anxiety in kids too. But most often it's sexual abuse. Oh, they so think that it's possible that – Jean Benet had been sexually abused that night but they don't know if it was chronic or if it was going on longer but the pediatrician of Jeannet says that she never saw any evidence of that but mm. granted she I mean I don't think her pediatrician isn't doing a full exam like that if you don't have any and if you if don't have any suspicion
1: and it depends on how often you're going to the doctor too right
0: like. So the question is what if, patsy snapped this is their whole theory but i'll go into why i don't agree with it they think Jean went wet the bed she goes into patsy's room to tell her patsy becomes upset strikes her hits her in the head too hard and fractures her skull mm-hmm. then she panics she covers up the accident by coming up with a plan she stages her body in the basement to misle- mislead police she fashions the garage and then here's the thing she fakes the sexual abuse that doesn't make any sense yeah. And, and the, she ha- makes the this whole blood th- on the underwear. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. That part doesn't, yeah. And I just, yeah, I don't think that I'm buying that at all. Or there's the intruder. The person comes in with the intention of kidnapping John Bonet. Maybe they were obsessed with her from pageants or they stalked the family or, and the family has a ton of connections. So somehow there could have been somebody lures her downstairs with pineapple or he uses the stun gun or whatever. Kills her in a rage. Maybe she's not cooperating or she's starting to wake up or something like that. Leaves the body in the wine cellar. Flees out the front door. You don't think it's the dad at all? Well, they think that the dad would have probably known about what was happening with JonBenet, like, while the mom is staging it, that he would have been in on it. Okay. The other suspect that most people talk about is Burke, the nine-year-old. Okay. I
1: was wondering. So
0: Burke and JonBenet apparently had, like, kind of a – just like a – they were, like, little kids. They fought a lot. And Burke apparently – was kind of like, he just didn't get as much attention as JonBenet and he had like some behavioral issues and apparently he would like pick on her a lot and would like, was kind He's of aggressive with because her. His
1: parents were probably obsessed with her. Right. So people and are saying agents, like take a long time, right. effort, money. Like, yeah, you're dolling her up every day. Yeah. And he, he doesn't get any work. of that. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, and then, so the parents also act kind of strange they throw everyone under the bus during the investigation of like, oh, it could be all of these friends that we have. And they're like giving anyone away, but who would you do that for? You wouldn't just give off any single part. if I'm like, oh yeah, no, my kid's dead. Maddie might have done it, but Emerson might have done it, but Ed, the guy down the street could have done it. Like just throwing all these random people out there if you're not trying to protect someone else, either it seems yourself or birds to do that. They think that the flashlight, like he got pissed at her, they were in a fight, like a little kid fight, and he smacked her over the head with something too heavy and parents tried to cover it up Hmm. but then again you still have that dna that's in her underwear and you still have i mean you still have a lot of other factors but you also have the fact that she was still sexually abused and so was it by them you know if it wasn't by an intruder that night then it had to have been from someone over a period of time Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily buy the Berg theory a lot of people do i don't
1: i don't know what i think i'll get to my
0: theory at the end because i kind of have a Okay. Calculated theory. Okay. Then there's another guy at one point, John Mark Carr. I don't know why I don't have the year in here that this happened. I want to say it was like 2000 something. Uh, an American man who's living in Thailand confesses to the murder of Jean Benet Ramsey. There are videos of him saying, I love Jean Benet. She died accidentally. He was a teacher in Thailand. So after that, he gets extradited back to America. He says that he loved her. But then they tested his DNA, and they realized that he didn't – his timeline didn't match, that he was even in Colorado, and people are like, BS. So he lies. He's basically delusional. He's just crazy.
1: And he's obsessed with a six-year-old girl. Uh,
0: Yeah. I'll post a picture of him, too, because he has crazy eyes. He's absolutely nuts. Four months after the murder, John and Patsy agree to talk to police separately. Their goal – and they say this now, full confidence – is to get Patsy to crack. The discrepancy that the police find is that Patsy says – this part gives me chills for some reason – Patsy says that she'd gotten home that night before, taken off her outfit from the Christmas party, and then left it in the bathroom. The next morning, she'd gotten up and put that same outfit back on. It was velvet pants and a Christmas sweater. <laughs> what? First thing in the morning? At 5 a.m.? You put on put velvet on pants? And a Christmas sweater to go down and make coffee at 5 a.m.? Well, you know, 5 Why would whatever. she
1: say that?
0: Well, because whenever police got there, she was wearing it. Oh. Right. Oh. So then people were saying... What if she just never took them off from the night she before? She never took those off. Because something happened and she was spending all night freaking Trying
1: out. to cover, cover it up. And so she wrote a very long letter.
0: She was busy writing a letter
1: and, and killing her kid. At, what, what was it? Five something? 552, I think. Was yeah. It was. yeah.
0: Yeah. She never took them things off. I, I, ugh, I don't know why that creeps me out so much. Then it comes to the ransom note, which is their most damning piece of evidence. They confront her with what they have about the notepad being from inside the house they also confront john with this and they both say well then maybe a woman wrote it then which feels very rehearsed the fact that they both said that
1: like in those weird. words
0: mm-hmm. but patsy doesn't crack she says if you think you have dna go retest no way impossible i don't give a flying flip how scientific it is go back to the damn drawing board so she gets really combative and shuts down and people are like Oh, but she was so defensive. But, like, I'd be defensive at that point, too, as an innocent person. Like, if people, I know that they're not looking for a killer because they're just looking at me and I know I didn't do it, I'm going to be like, no, you're you're just wrong. I'm going to be pissed at that point. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The police find them really evasive and deceptive, but they did well. They didn't have anything to pin them on. Like, they mm. didn't have anything definitive. They didn't crack. Yes. So then they try their next interrogation move, which is, hey, here's – theory what if it was an accident what if you didn't mean to do anything and this whole thing can just be manslaughter you did it by accident and then you panicked and you tried to stage it like that happens and they're like no that didn't happen either like we didn't do that Hmm. john then suggests that the white family who they went to spend christmas with (laughs) might have had something to do with it he says that priscilla white whose fleet his husband or her husband fleet was his yes fleet's wife um is really jealous of patsy and he says that it's weird that fleet white was the one who should have found john bonnet The circle of friends were asked to remain silent about the Ramseys, per the Ramseys' request. They told their friends, do not talk to reporters or to the police, which their friends are now like, why did you tell us that we can't talk? Like, unless you have something to hide. There's a battle for press conferences. There's a Ramsey's giving out $100,000 re- reward for information that's separate from the police while the police are doing press conferences saying that they're still under suspicion. The police and the DA can't agree on stuff. Basically, there's a detective who ends up quitting because he's pissed that the DA won't charge them. And the DA is saying... We don't have enough evidence to charge them. Like, we wouldn't get anything out of that. So a crime scene investigator is hired by the DA. His name's Lou Schmidt. And he ends up resigning from the case and insists that the Ramseys are innocent. He says that he left because he was seeing injustice and he wasn't willing to go along with evidence that he didn't find just to get a conviction. Wow. He found an open and broken window that was in the basement where she was found. Now, John Ramsey says that he had locked himself out a couple months before and had never gotten around to fixing the window and that he had broken it. And there's cobwebs that were on the window, and there's no footprints outside. But there is a suitcase that's propped underneath the, like, as if someone used it as a stepping yeah, thing. Yeah, take it out. Yeah, but uh they said that they didn't put that suitcase there. They don't know. It was, like, must have been in the basement somewhere, but it wasn't there. Like, it was weird. But so, they also could say anything. Right. There's also a scuff mark that's on the wall and leaves from outside that were in that area. So it's just another weird thing that could people could say that. That was where the intruder came in. Mm -hmm. Um, But the layout of the house is also very bizarre. So someone had to be familiar or had scoped out the house because it looks like it is one of those houses. that just has a ton of nooks and crannies and stuff. Like it's just kind of a weird layout. There's no way. Then I kind of went down a rabbit hole. And this is where I'm going to lose some people. So I'm going to go quick. A.K.A. me. Well, I started listening to a lot of psychic readings on what people think happened. Okay, but listen. It actually makes a lot of sense. Okay. And there's a lot of people that say similar things. Okay, just go for it. I so guess. basically, in the one that I was listening to that seemed the most credible, the way she was explaining it is she's seeing things through Jean Bonnet's eyes and like Jean Bonnet showing her bits and pieces of things oh, from her perspective. This. I know, I know, I know, but just, just hear me out. Just hear me out. Okay. Jean Bonnet doesn't consider her mother or her brother to be a threat, but she gets the perspective that she has a lot of compassion for her brother because they're going through something similar. And so it's kind of pointing towards, like, there might be some sort of sexual abuse thing going on, which I think makes sense because he has – they're a very powerful family with a lot of connections. They both – I mean, she had signs of sexual trauma that possibly was chronic. She has Did the bedwetting he- issue. Well, people are looking at him now. There's an interview. I think he talked to Dr. Phil, and I watched it. But people were saying he seems really suspicious and very weird, like something's wrong with him. But I think it's mostly from trauma, like – just yeah. looking at his mannerisms, it doesn't look like uh, – But did he have any sign
1: of se- sexual assault?
0: Well, no one knows. They they can't just do that, and they can't release that information if he doesn't come forward with it, and he never has. They never, like, examined him as a child? Well, they might time? have, but they – I mean, they never reported it. I don't know if they can without parent consent or if a kid says, like, this happened to me. I don't think you can force a kid to do that. I guess. Yeah. And you can't release it if, if for a minor regardless mm-hmm. so it's not like the public would ever know that mm-hmm. but he seems like he might be traumatized and that would also explain his behavioral issues too yeah so yeah. kind of makes sense also john ramsey is just sketchy like he's just he's a very like cold i never want to blame the parents i would always rather go with the intruder option I mean, but, but he was making business plans right. an hour after he found right. his
1: dead daughter right. so
0: i don't know sketchy So apparently when asked who killed her in this psychic reading, she shows images of the family at a Christmas party, but she isn't showing a murderer. She's showing a business arrangement. There's five men at the party, which there were five men at the party. They're shaking hands and there's a business deal being done, but it's not like it just seems sketch. Um, She doesn't give off the impression that she's scared, but she, uh, she also gives off the impression that her mom was ignoring the problem and that she was naive to what was going on. There was some sort of back deal, something that people knew about. Her mom was ignoring the problem? Of her being sexually abused, Probably is what I'm inferring. Oh, not the
1: business deal.
0: Well, the business deal, possibly having something to do with the sexual abuse. Then they talk about how they're, like, channeling Patsy as well. Patsy feels as though she let her daughter down, that she didn't know that this was going to happen ahead of time, that nobody knew this, nobody planned on a murder that night. Okay. She blames John, but she says that he didn't do it. But his acquaintances had something to do with it. And his business deals was, his business deals were shadier than she knew. And she had a gut feeling and she didn't listen to it. And it led to this. Also, they're saying that Burke was abused as much as Bonnet was. Now, there's more talk about a photographer, which ended up actually, it does check out because there was a photographer named Randy Simons who um, was known to have an alcohol problem. He was known to be a little bit off and he would come and photograph the pageants. But he was known to be a little bit weird and they found in his house, John Bonet's pictures were up on his wall in his house.
1: Oh, were it um, any other people's?
0: I think so, but okay. I mean, so that part could be kind of normal, but also those pictures are up in your house. Very weird. Yeah. Um, all of the Beauty Pageant mothers that we spoke with, this is from an article that I read, that we spoke with said exactly the same thing to us that since the murder, Randy had been calling them up in the middle of the night after midnight, hysterically screaming and crying, saying, I did not kill John Bonet, I did not kill John Bonet. They had never seen him behave this way before. They just sort they just sort of began telling us the same story, which we found very curious. But DNA did roll him out. Hmm. But I think that there's something weird going on with that too. Really weird. So my theory, we're gonna get into the 911 call after this and then we'll be done. But I think that the dad had something to do with it. I don't think he knew, but I think that if anybody was abusing his daughter, I don't know if it was him necessarily. I don't think he stopped it. I think something was going on with Burke too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think there was some sort of weird child distribution, child porn ring, something gross, something really oh seedy, and that he knew and he was guilty by association, and that something was supposed to happen that night it was and just allowing it. yeah, which I think would explain the stun gun too. Maybe like that was sort of to get her to not struggle. So that she could be abused, you know, the pineapple. It is someone that knows the house, that knows her, that knows the family. That's why they were comfortable enough to write that note. Oh, you don't think it was the mom
1: that wrote the note? No, I think
0: she might have written the note. But I think like once they realized she was dead, she's freaking out too. So do you think the whole family was in on it? Like the dad was allowing things,
1: crap hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And then the dad was like, okay, we have to figure this out because it can't come back on me. So you need to write the note. Yeah. And like we need to like team up.
0: Yeah. And I think it was like panic. She didn't know all the yep.
1: details, so they didn't want to meet separately. Like uh-huh. they were covering for yeah. like a business. It's the partner. only thing
0: I can think of that covers all the bases, that explains most things. Even if it's like a little bit of a stretch, everything feels like a stretch in this one.
1: Right? Why would um, Burke going back to what he said? Why would he know the details of luring her, them out of the
0: room? I think he just heard bits and pieces, and they didn't. I don't think you they don't told think him. It's
1: like based off experience.
0: No, I think it might
1: be. Okay. I think that he because I think that makes sense. Like, yeah, if they were a part of something, mm-hmm. then it's like he knows the drill. Like mm-hmm. they lure you out of the, your room really quietly, hit yep. you over the head, mm-hmm. you wake up, and you're right, and it just went like
0: downhill. Yeah, and I think he also was probably around that morning trying to figure out why everybody's freaking out and is hearing like bits and pieces, but isn't putting any of that together. You know what I mean? Because she was six and he was nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Lastly. Last but not least, analysis of the 911 call. So 911 calls are, can be kind of problematic because it seems like anytime anyone analyzes a 911 call, it's like, it seems like that person is guilty, just word choice. But this one seems very suspect. They consider the order of priority and the words that are used whenever they do these. So basically in a 911 call, they tell you the first thing that they want you to know. The first thing that she says, we need Anne, and then she kind of pauses and says, police. So it sounds like she's going to say, we need an ambulance. And then she realizes she doesn't need an ambulance. She needs police. Oh. And then she gives 755 15th Street, there's been a kidnapping. And so none of it feels personal at all. If you were missing, that's the first thing I would say. Right. Yeah, like, my friend, my friend, is, friend mis- is missing. Right.
1: And then you do all the Because you would have after. no problem
0: taking ownership of my friend. Right. Is missing and like that's my concern, right? Exactly, that would be your first thought. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about order of what is it called? Order of priority. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, before it connects too, before the call connects, there's like a pause where the recording starts, and then it's like it's like the recording starts, the phone call starts, so you can hear the other end of her line before the operator says like nine one one, what's your emergency, and it's completely silent. Then the second that she says, hey, it's 911, what's your emergency? Screaming. Right. So it goes silent to screaming like it was practiced. Like, okay, now it's my time to put on the performance. Yeah. Weird. Then another thing is that she's not specific at all. She doesn't say her daughter's name in the entire 911 call Hmm. and she also says the word we the entire time which they say is important because she's not taking any personal responsibility and it's considered psychological distancing from what happened like we did this like if you say I found I came downstairs and found the ransom note then people are just looking at you and not anyone else and if you knew you did something wrong you don't want to be alone in that she also says there's a note left and our daughter is gone which is another issue of priority she doesn't say our daughter is gone and there's a note missing Hmm. which doesn't that sound different when you say it like that I mean, I feel like I would not say there's a note left and our daughter is gone. That sounds weird. I'm just thinking about my mom Mm -hmm. and like what she would say. Oh God, your mom would be
1: I'm afraid too though that my mom would just sound like she did
0: it even though she would never. Like she would
1: go so dramatic and like hysterical. Hysterical that they would be like this woman.
0: She had to have because why is she on the floor? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, she would never be like,
1: there's a no, there's a no in my daughter. Like, she right. would be like, somebody get my daughter.
0: Yeah, that just was – I feel like any parent – I don't know. It just sounds weird. Yeah, so then she also uses the word gone and not missing. Like, our daughter is gone, it, which feels like a weird word to use. It does. And I don't know. Again, it's, it can be kind of subjective because maybe you would say that. And then she also says what a lot during – where she'll, she'll say a very clear sentence and Patsy's like, what? What? And it seems like it's like a stall tactic is mm-hmm. what they think. And she's trying to figure out how to get her sentence together before she has to keep it going. It also sounds super jumbled in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's people around. And, so it se- and people have been trying to get the right quality and try to figure out what people are saying. And there's a lot of theories on stuff that they say oh. in the background as well. Um, she also says, I'm the mother, not I'm her mother, which is weird. There's uh, the inaudible background noises. And at one point, there's a stroke of silence towards the end. They hear yes. three separate voices, and a lot of it's – you can kind of hear her saying, like, Jesus, help me. Please help me. Please help me. But then uh, some people say that right before she hangs up – and I can't hear this, but I, obviously I don't have the very intense police version. They think that she says, okay, what's what now? Oh. Afterwards, which seems a little suspect. Yeah,
1: that's what she says. Okay, what now? That yeah. That seems like – What's our plan? Right.
0: I don't know. Um, she cries for help. And then after that, the officer says, I'm sending an officer over. And then it's done. Um, and people are also not sure if the line disconnected or if she hung up. But if she hung up, that's also an issue because they told her not to hang up. So that would be the case of Jamine Ranzi. The um, parents, Patsy died in, I think it was 2008, I want to say. Um, she had cancer. So John is remarried now, um, and he still lives in Colorado, I think. But he still says that he has nothing to do with it, and uh, they, yeah, they were exonerated by the police. He said they don't have any involvement. But technically, that doesn't really mean much because they can still open that back up and see if they have something to do with it. So it was
1: never solved. Never solved. It's crazy too because John Binet would be like
0: what twenty nine, yeah, something like that, or thirty. There's a picture of her of like the what she she looks like now. Or what she would have looked like now. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. It's just sad. Oh, but another weird thing. This is something I didn't mention. Her hair is not naturally blonde. What? Yeah, Patsy dyed it blonde. She would have it dyed for She's naturally like a dirty, dirty blonde, like brown hair.
1: Oh, my word. Oh, she was such a cute little girl. She's so
0: cute. I don't like that there's no ending. No, I know it pisses me off. I just want someone to have a deathbed confession right now, so you I can find like out the deathbed confession. I just think like it just stresses me out. Just tell me. I won't even tell anyone. <laughs> just tell me if you killed anyone. You would tell someone. If you're right. I would tell everyone.
1: I know. I know. This
0: poor baby. If I mom. had to solve any murder, I would pick either this one or Lacey Peterson. Oh yeah, I, I do want to know that one. Which one would you rather know? You can only choose one. I don't
1: know. I think this one, because I'm like really into it right now. Mm-hmm. But I also like that that case feels weirdly close because it was like one of our first ones. That's true.
0: I think I have more questions about this case. Oh, I have a million and ten questions about this. Case. Yeah. I like, mean, I have questions, I have questions about, about both.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I have more about this. And my question too, if it was like this weird rigged business deal
0: or whatever, mm-hmm. like wouldn't Burke talk about it? No. I mean if if you're like a trafficked kid he might be convinced that his parents didn't have anything to do with it and if he comes out with abuse allegations now it might open up a whole can of worms. What if he's just like waiting until his parents pass away? I've also thought of that too because John Ramsey's getting pretty old now. You never know. If he comes out and says something now. Can I see
1: Burke Mm -hmm. and the parents what they look like in 2020 or 2019 or whatever? I don't know what I think happened.
0: I don't know either. I don't think that the parents necessarily did it. I just don't think that they, I think they know what happened. They're
1: either in on it.
0: Yeah. Or. But I just don't buy into the thing that
1: Patsy snapped either though. But I think the mom Loki could have done it. Maybe, but how? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't like the ties around the wrist. I don't think the mom would have done that. Yeah. The blood on the underwear makes me think that it was like the parents knew, but they didn't know to the extent. Like there had to have been somebody else involved if it How do you identify blood on underwear, but then rule out two people from it? Like, wouldn't that be enough to like prove whose it was?
0: I don't know.
1: So many questions. This makes me feel like if I was there, I could have like helped solve it somehow. Oh yeah. In every case, I'm like, if only I had been there, (laughs) I would have figured this. out. But again, it's kind of like the nine one one responder job. Like, I would just be too scared to be on a crime scene. Oh really? I think it, I would find it super interesting in the moment, but I would have nightmares for sure. I have nightmares from our conversations. Sorry.
0: Well, I, yeah, I would think that you would probably. Like, I'm... Because mis- you I, see uh, too yeah. much, you know? Like,
1: you have to be there. You're all up in the details. Yeah,
0: I think I would I would be very picky about the crime scenes I could see. I'm sure some I'd be totally fine, and then others, like, I don't want to see anybody cut up in parts, I'll tell you that much. Well, yeah, but if you're on this case... Oh, I don't want to see a six-year-old, to. like... Yeah, but you would have to. Oh, No. Well, that's why we're not I in would, that job. Yeah, someone but. else can do that. No, thank you. Very sad. But you know what job I do want? I want the job of that lady who talked to Burke. See, that's where I have a an overconfidence error. I'm like, I would get every answer from that kid. And I know that you, okay. it's not a thing, but I'd do it pro bono, baby. I'd also be living out of a box, but man, I would have solved <laughs> John Binet's murder. I know I would have. Oh, it's so scary. Craziness. Okay, well, everybody let us know what you think. Yeah, John another
1: one where. There could be a lot of opinions about it.
0: Yep. There. Oh, people get very heated. Do I follow a subthread Red on Reddit now that's about solving the murder? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. Out. I'm gonna figure it out myself. Well, sayonara. I'm scared again. Aren't Nothing's we all? New. Hey, you know that this is technically the year 2012. Yeah, I heard that. So apparently, the Mayan calendar, since we switched over calendars or whatever, it like when they is it? left we lost, out eight, yeah eight years. Whoops. So, welcome to 2012, baby. <laughs>